Welcome to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast with your host, Heather Mann. Hello, my friends. Uh, Welcome back to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast. My name is Heather and this is the 29th episode of the show. I'm recording this uh, Monday morning um, after the solstice. A very, very rainy Monday morning, actually. It's so dark here. Um, But yeah, I must say that it brightens my heart just a little to know that the darkest and shortest day has now happened. Um, Like the darkest and shortest day of the year has happened. And, you know, we're heading back towards the warmth and the sweatiness and the fresh mint tea days that is the summertime here in Australia. Like I really do try... Uh, to embrace all the seasons. I really do. But for me, like embracing winter looks like drinking six to seven cups of tea a day and staying in bed watching Netflix while the rain falls outside. And that's cozy and lovely, but that's essentially what we've been doing for the last four months already, like drinking a lot of tea and hanging around watching Netflix inside. So it doesn't really feel that special anymore, does it? So uh, if you guys have any tips and tricks for enjoying winter, I mean, please hit me up. I'm open to anything. Like last year was probably the worst seasonal affective depression I've ever experienced. And this year I actually feel good. I just really miss being warm and I miss the sun and I miss light. Um, You know, not that like artificial warm of a heater, which is nice. I do like curling up on top of the heating vent uh, with Giselle on my lap, just a personal morning routine right now. Um, but you know, that proper, like just feeling of the sun being in love with me and like life loving me and just going outside in cute little sundresses. Like I miss that kind of warmth, but here we are. The, the time has turned. We're heading back into that now. So, um, remember a few weeks ago when I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be so organized now and plan all my episodes out in advance. Uh, Like I remember saying that, but that didn't exactly go to plan because, you know, I wrote out all all the episodes that I wanted to record in June Um, at the start of June, like end of May. I was like, okay, I've got everything planned. So organized, cool. But pretty much every week that I've gone to record, I've been like, oh, no, that doesn't like feel right right now. Like, you know, I actually feel like I need to talk about this specific thing. Um, And I've essentially lost that bit of paper where I plan these things out now anyway. So You know, I just, I like to live and create things, just pulling in the energy of what is present and what's going on right now. Um, And I'm just learning what, what works for me. You know, that might not work for everyone, but I do feel really connected to this audience and it just kind of, like, I'll just get these, these senses of what's going to be most useful for you guys to hear at certain times. And you know, what the topics and themes that I had planned, I'm like, oh, that could be useful at a completely different time, but it just feels kind of worthless right now when there's so much else going on. Does that make sense? And I just feel like that's exactly what a projector is here for. Like it makes a lot of sense that that's how I feel. Like, you know, every projector is going to be different, but for me, I really feel like for now it's fruitless to plan something four weeks in advance because like the energy of right now is changing so rapidly. Um, And I can sort of make an assessment based on the current climate that I feel as to what's going to be most useful for the most number of people listening to here and like that I feel called to share about too. So I hope that makes sense. Like do other projectors relate to that? I don't know if that's just me. Surely not. That's just, you know, one of our gifts is like, well, what do people need now? What's most useful now? 
Um, okay, so, oh yeah, the other thing before I get into talking about Mars is that I'm going camping next week, uh, so I don't know if I'll be putting out an episode next week. Um, just giving you warning right now because I hate when my favorite podcasts disappear for a week without giving me warning, um, though that could be my abandonment issues coming through. Anyway, yes, camping in the middle of Victoria in the winter, we're actually going to the mountains, like I'm genuinely going to freeze anyone know how to light a fire please tell me um I'm taking every single blanket and every pillow that's in the house uh and you know camping was my sister's idea we're going together my sister Colleen and you know seeing as I was supposed to be in Bali right now if it wasn't for coronavirus um and was supposed to be in Bali pretty much for all of June and July thus skipping the winter and seasonal affective disorder I figure I do need a little bit of an adventure I don't know how this is going to go, but if I'm organized and do get get out a podcast, like that'll be a nice little surprise. Um, I guess what we must be due for pretty much the monthly astrology forecast by then. Hey, so that is going to be one that's going to be easy to record while camping. Um, And I'll just have to tell Colleen to go for a little walk or something. Um, maybe I'll make her even chat to you, you guys too. Like you'll absolutely love her. I do have this plan in my head actually that I want to eventually, like when she's not so shy to have her on the podcast for an episode for us to talk about, um, like genetic and ancestral conditioning and the patterns and beliefs that we feel like we've taken on from our mother's side of the family and just how that reflects in our human design or maybe impacts our capacity to live our design or like the challenges that that can that conditioning is you know sort of presented to both of us in this family maybe in different ways um and that we also see playing out for our mom and our grandma too you know it's going to be it would be really interesting like there's so much um you know I've really started to notice that my mom's side of the family like the women on my mom's side of the family just has so much pain around trying to prove that we are intelligent. And I know that Colleen and I, we took that on in different ways. Like she was always told that she was not book smart and tried so desperately uh, to prove herself. And, you know, she 100% did prove herself. Like she ended up getting a way better score than me um, when she finished high school. Uh, And I got told my entire life, like literally my entire life, since I was three or four, that I was super intelligent, super book book smart, like meant for big things, um, big intelligent things. You know, I got told um, when I came up with like career ideas, I got told that I was too smart to do these particular things. Like I wanted to work in childcare for a while. I wanted to be in the police force for a while. Um, but I was just told like, no, you're too smart for that. You're too smart for that. You know? So it was like really opposite ends of the same conditioning. Um, I was supposed to be a mathematician or a physicist or a lawyer or something. Like I was supposed to prove that the women in my family can be worthy. And to us, like to our family, somehow worthy was synonymous with intelligent and book smart. Like the, the emphasis on intellectual smarts helped me back from in my human design, like embracing a more intuitive side of me. It made me feel like I always have to have the answer, which is a real trick that people can fall into when they have that open head and open Ajna center that I do. Um, I do. And then Cole, my sister, 
always trying to get that validation and prove herself worthy with that open ego center. Uh, and she has an open head in Ajna too. In fact, like, you know, we have a lot of similarities. Like we're both Scorpios, both projectors, and we have every single energy center the same, like um, the same number of defined and undefined centers. The only difference is that she has a emotional solar plexus. She has a defined, I have it open. Um, anyway, I just feel like this has been something that I've been looking at because I see those same patterns and beliefs that there's only one type of intellect and that you have to be that type of intellectual to be a worthy human of love. Like I just see those beliefs run so deeply through the women on my mum's side. Um, and I've just been, you know, experiencing the depth to which I'm so against that and have always been against that kind of conditioning like how passionate I am about proving that wrong, essentially. Like, you know, I, I should stop talking about this. Like I could do an entire episode on this. You, yeah, I know you're here for Mars. Um, but, you know, I get so fired up when I hear about kids being told that they aren't smart just because they didn't get good marks on some stupid quiz. Like that literally makes no sense to me. It breaks my heart. Um, they probably have so much wisdom that we have no idea how to access, like no idea, like they're on a completely different level of wisdom to us. We just don't have measurement tools for it. And so we say they're not smart or whatever. Um, and plus Colleen, like she works with kids with ADHD and kids with autism. So she would just be such a brilliant person to talk about this stuff. Um, but yeah, she's shy. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, let's get into the episode now. Um, so Mars, I spoke quite a bit about Mars in that mid-year forecast that I did a couple of episodes back. So you might like to tune into that either before or after this, just to get the gist of what's going on with Mars this year. Um, but essentially Mars is going to be a big player, a big planetary player during the second half of 2020. So I felt it would be really nice for us to spend half an hour or so just really getting to know our Mars placement. Like, what does our Mars want? What does our Mars need? How do we support it, take care of it, um, look after it, you know? So basically, Mars will be in one of its home signs, Aries, from June 27 for the next six months. Just being in its home sign means it's going to be kind of extra potent, extra powerful, extra Mars-like. Um, and usually it would be in a sign for two to three months and Mars, Mars will be retrograde during this six month period, um, for a good chunk of that time. I can't remember the exact dates, um, but at least two or three months, I think it's maybe two months. And that's again, all in Aries, like all in fiery, passionate, quick to burn, watch out, here I come Aries is all this going on. Uh, so I feel like learning to work with rather than working against our Mars placement in our personal chart and Mars as an archetype in general could just help us see out the rest of 2020 as powerful and poised and, you know, passionate as possible um, rather than, you know, I don't know, what's the alternative? Like us just desperately scrambling around, throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks or getting super mad and angry and riled up about the state of everything in the world, but feeling hopeless because you feel powerless to actually do anything about it. Uh, Mars retrograde can, you know, signify, like, 
can lead to a lot of pent-up energy, um, a lot of anger with no place to put it. And so, you know, it sticks inside you and just boils your blood, that overwhelming blood boiling. Um, Mars, as an archetype, is the expression of energy, essentially, of getting things done and making things happen, going out there, uh, working away at things. It can work really fast when it's being powered with the right type of fuel, if that makes sense. Um, and it can work really efficiently when it's being powered with the right type of fuel. I'm going to explain this more clearly, but this is just something to keep in mind. Like your specific Mars sign needs a specific type of fuel or power to, you know, to use your energy in the most efficient, effective and just most comfortable way for your own body, your own type. And just this this idea, this whole concept might be something that you just note down now and keep coming back to over the next six months as we do uh, move through this very Martian time. You know, you might find yourself in September being like, whoa, why does everything feel so crazy and I literally cannot make anything happen um, and I have all these ideas but I can't get anything started or, you know, I feel like I'm stuck, I feel like I'm so angry and I have no outlet for this anger and passion and whatever just come back to this idea like your Mars has a specific fuel that it needs and a specific way that it wants and needs to be expressed, a specific way that it needs to be taken care of. Um, and through this episode, I'm going to go into both astrology and human design as well for Mars. So obviously I can't go through every single one of the signs and every single one of the 64 gates, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to go through all um, pretty much all of the astrology signs and then at least two or three of the human design gates and what it means if they're in Mars. So yeah, you can get an idea of how to kind of start interpreting Mars within your own chart. Uh, so Mars speaks of our passion. Um, it speaks of our drive. Um, it speaks of our fight and our energy and what gives us energy, what we feel passionate about. Like it can be connected to our sex drive too. Um, and anything physical Mars is really connected to, like any physical exertion. So it makes perfect sense that I have my Mars in Cancer and my idea of exercise is just a slow walk by the river um, you know, Mars in a water sign, <laughs> walk by a river. It used to be when I lived by the beach, it was, I would walk down to the beach. Um, but now it's by the river, down to the local coffee shop where I see the same sweet baristas and staff every day. You know, it's a place that feels home to me, Mars in Cancer. And I get the same home brewed chai that they make there. And it's so good. And then I drink it as I amble back along past the river on my way home again. You know, that's my idea of exercise. Um, when I do yoga, like nine times of times out of 10, I'm doing it in bed. Like, unless I actually find the strength and willpower or somebody drags me to an actual yoga class. It's so funny how literally some of these astrology traits about us just make sense when you apply them to your own life. Uh, so yeah, Mars energy work, what motivates you to work and to get started as well. Like that's a massive part of Mars in your chart. So what do you need to have in place before you can get started on a project 
or before you can work out or whatever it is that's requiring your energy or that physical exertion right now. What do you need to have in place? So for Mars in water signs, it might be that you need a cozy cup of tea um, to feel safe, to feel at home, to feel taken care of, to feel um, emotionally stable too. Like you might need to, before you can sit down and work, you might need to have like a deeper meaningful conversation or journal just to like get some emotions off your chest or go for that long relaxing walk um just to think and feel your way through uh before you can get started uh you know you're going to want to feel like the people that you're working with or the people that you're speaking to have your best interests at heart before you dive in you want to feel safe around them um again Mars and Cancer I like to work from home or I like to work from a coffee shop that I go to regularly. I know the people there. Um, I like to know when I'm going to get there. I just like to know what to expect when I'm working. Um, I want to feel at home. Like new places are not ideal because I'm not going to feel safe. You know, I like to people watch, uh, but not when I'm working. Like if I am maybe doing a uni assignment or Um, preparing for a reading or whatever it is, if I'm doing anything that requires my focus and that Mars drive and energy, then it needs to be somewhere that I know that I'm comfortable. Um, Mars in water signs might typically prefer to work alone too. So even if other people are in the group um, for what they're working on, they prefer to, when it's time, like put their heads down and get that work done by themselves. Uh, Mars in air signs, they might need to have a good conversation to chat it out before they can put words on paper or get started on whatever it is that they need that energy and that Mars power for. Like brainstorming sessions are excellent for Mars in an air sign. Or maybe the chats you're having, like you're not even talking about anything to do with the project that you're working on or whatever it is that you're trying to focus on and work away at. Maybe you're just like having a chat over coffee with your friend and then down comes this huge download related to your work and you just have to, you know, run away and get that idea out. Like I can imagine Mars in Libra or Mars in Gemini would would thrive working with other people or working in groups, like working in partnership or working in groups um, or working among lots of different groups too, you know, just collaborating. Whereas Mars in Aquarius could really go both ways, like – you might like to chat to get all those ideas flowing, get everything up and out and like just see what's going around out there. Um, then go sit down and just do your own do your own bit of work. Like your work will then be influenced by other people, uh, but will very much have your own unique stamp on it. Uh, Mars in fire signs. Mars in fire signs, it's going to be like, you know, get up and go. Like motivation and inspiration might come at really weird, random and often inconvenient times. So when we think about Mars in Aries in particular, I can imagine you waking up in the middle of the night with an idea that you just can't ignore, like getting started on it. And the next thing you know, it's 4am and you've pretty much finished it. Like maybe exercise or working out or anything that you do to get the blood pumping is going to fire you up to get started at whatever it is that you want to do too. So if you are having trouble like 
you know, finding the motivation to start something um, that you know you need to get into, then maybe all you need is just to dance around your room for 20 minutes or, you know, any kind of working out, any kind of exercise, just get that blood pumping and probably your drive and your motivation and your energy is going to fire up too. Um, you know, the different types of fire sign are going to have a different experience of this, this motivation. Um, like I said, Mars and Aries might have a lot of different things going on at once or have trouble sticking to one particular project because there's always just something new and something else that's new and exciting to get stuck into. Uh, whereas Mars in Leo is more of a slow burn. Uh, they can keep that passion and that that fire for something lit for a long time, but they can also get stuck in work habits or workouts or general everyday habits that they are no longer passionate about at all. Um, you know, having a habit is such a good thing, except for when it's not, I guess that's something to remember with, with Mars in Leo. Like if you could, if you're, if you're miserable in what you're doing, but you, you know, you, you're just sticking to it. Like you've always woken up at 5am every day and then gone to the gym. Um, you know, come home from the gym, had a shower, had the same breakfast every day, gone to the same job, worked on the same stuff every single day for the last five years, and you're just not feeling alive or fired up by it any anymore. Um, you might just like to spend a little time remembering why it is that you do what you do. Like I say this all the time, but Leo rules the heart. Like wherever you have Leo and your Leo in your chart. Is your heart present in what you are doing or are you doing it out of habit? Are you sticking to it just because you can, um, just because you can find that motivation, that energy to do something and stick to it for a really long time doesn't mean you have to. Uh, how can you pull your heart into your habits, even if it is just in, you know, really small ways to start with? That is how your Mars energy truly fires up. Then Mars in Sagittarius. Uh, it can bring that fire into any room and just spread it like wildfire. Like your enthusiasm about something can really enliven other people. So if we're talking about Mars in Sagittarius and fitness in particular, I can imagine you guys as like leaders of a group fitness class, uh, people getting motivated by your motivation, essentially keeping things new, keeping things fresh and exciting. It's probably going to be beneficial for Mars in Sagittarius. So Maybe before you sit down to work, you, you know, you have to try something new. You Maybe you have a different flavor of tea each day. Why do I keep bringing up tea? I guess it's just because I can't imagine anybody sitting down to work without a cup of tea next to them, but that's just me. So I guess what I'm saying is like, keep things spicy, keep things fresh uh, for Mars and Sagittarius throughout your work day. And that's going to motivate you more, keep things feeling fresh and exciting, even if it is something as simple as having a different lunch, um, breaking at a different time, putting your name down for different projects or sitting in a different place, whatever it is, like just change things up. Um, with, with any Mars fire sign, you have a lot of passion, you have a lot of energy and you have a lot of power that you can call upon when it's needed. And Mars in a fire sign is really creative too. Like it's the spark, that little, that little hint of like, oh, you know, what if we do this? Um, so you might just be one of the ideas generators in your workplace if you do have Mars in this fire sign. 
And next we have Mars in an Earth sign. So Mars in an Earth sign is probably going to, like the water signs, desire some level of comfort and stability before they can, you know, get to work best, do what they do. Um, Mars in Capricorn in particular, it's going to want a challenge maybe. So to constantly be challenged either by somebody else or, you know, maybe it's just challenging yourself, like creating healthy competition with yourself, you know, something like, I bet I can get to page 612 today. I bet I can be prime minister by the age 32, which is obviously an extreme example, but hey, play with this idea of making things into a challenge um, in order to motivate yourself. So Capricorn, Capricorn Mars likes to feel like it has something to work towards, something to step up from. So what feels good to you? Like, are you more willing um, and fired up about something if there's some way to measure your progress on it? Like for me personally, um, key performance indicators, you know, again, having my Mars in a water sign, I can think of absolutely nothing worse than key performance indicators. I do not want pressure on my work or else it just feels impossible and dreadful and makes me feel emotionally and creatively stuck. But maybe with that Mars in Capricorn, you'd like to have something to at least measure yourself against to see if you're on track, to see if you're improving or whatever it is. And setting goals for the day each day is also going to motivate you, you know, to feel like you're getting something done. Like when it comes to working out, you could apply the same notion, like having little personal goals that you can feel like you're working towards. All Mars and Earth signs might prefer to work outside, to work out outside rather than being stuck in some weird fluorescent lit gym, you know, like to feel like nature and the earth is right there and you can, you know, that's going to power you. You're going to be able to work with that and work out with that. That's going to motivate you. Mars in Taurus, yes, so slow to start, but they can stick to habits and work better than anyone, like once they do get started and once they're on track. So just don't disrupt them. A Mars in Taurus, when they are fo really focused on a project, they're not going to be impressed. Uh, Mars in Taurus, in Taurus, also treating yourself before, during and after work may be helpful motivation for you. I mean, whatever treating yourself looks like for you, like maybe it is just sitting down with a really nice homemade coffee um, or some sort of beverage that you've made uh, might be something that you feel like needs to be in place before getting stuck into your work. Like give yourself nice tools to work with too. So whatever that means to you, like a beautiful fountain pen and recycled bamboo paper to write your next masterpiece novel on just what feels good to you, what feels valuable and beautiful and nurturing to your work drive, to your energy. Um, it might help your process. So yes, um, I wanted to touch briefly on um, Mars in medical astrology too, because, you know, medical astrology has quickly become a passion of mine. Um, that I do hope to work into my nutrition and dietetics practice when I graduate uni. Uh, you know, when I'm not busy, of course, taking down big pharma. Anyway, big goals. Um, Mars in medical astrology represents the immune system. And this makes sense when we think of Mars as the fighter, the warrior, like going into battle to protect your own territory. That is essentially what... Um, 
what Mars has come to represent. Um, where was I? So, yeah, this idea of Mars as the immune system. So the immune system, it's so powerful. Like it's designed literally to detect invaders and to fight them off, um, to literally destroy them. Like, and, you know, in human design, we speak of the spleen, the spleen center as knowing who and what is good for you. And the spleen again is such a vital part of the immune system. It's all connected. So I feel like we can pull Mars into this as well you know, thinking of your Mars sign as being able to say, like, you know, in this medical astrology as being able to say, like, well, this is me, but this is not me. Um, and those not-self cells are destroyed by the B, t- B cells, the T cells, the natural killer cells, the white blood cells of the immune system, and the self cells or the cells that are actually a part of you, they're not destroyed because the immune system recognizes them as part of you. And, you know, it's interesting to think about this when we think of the growing occurrence of autoimmune diseases and how they're just becoming more and more common throughout the world. Um, The medical terminology and belief around autoimmune diseases and, you know, what they are when you look at them technically on paper is that the immune system mistakes the cells that are actually you, the self cells, as not self cells and destroys your your own cells as well. Uh, the immune system attacking itself is the way that it's phrased, which I don't particularly like um, because this does this amplifies the idea that the immune system is an enemy that works against you and is dangerous, um, destroying you. Um, but, you know, if we're going on technicalities and what, what it actually is, yes, that is what an autoimmune disorder is. And so why? Like why are autoimmune disorders becoming more and more prevalent or Is it just that now we have answers to things that we previously have never taken seriously, like chronic chronic pain or chronic fatigue? I really feel like it's a bit of both. You know, these disorders are starting to be listened to because we have the wording of autoimmune disorder. Um, But then I also feel like they're just becoming more prevalent as well. But if we think about the immune system in terms of Mars, we could say that, you know, as a collective, as a world, we need more than ever right now to be able to discern between what is good and what is not good for us, for what is doing us damage. Um, I love to think about things in this way, like the outer, the outer world being a reflection for what's going on inside each of us. So, you know, you can take this, obviously, I... How, this is this is like not 100% fact and 100% true. It's just something that I've been reflecting on lately. Um, that the lines between what's good and what's bad right now, they're so blurry. Like the just the messaging that comes from outside as to what's good for us and what's not. I mean, like look at smoking. You know, we get told for decades it's good for you. Then we get told for a couple more decades, like, oh, it's not good for you, but it's not particularly bad for you. And then finally, they're like, okay, it kills you. Give it up. Um, fast food, like, people are still so willing to connect the Ill- illness they suffer with the food that we are programmed to enjoy. Um, the food that we're programmed to think of as trendy is trendy and cool, too. Like, when I was in high school, all the cool girls, like, lived on KFC. Um and we're not particularly 
warned or told, you know, you should really watch your intake. I mean, we are told, but it's not enforced, at least in the same way that smoking now is. Um, And, you know, I really do think of it as like cognitive dissonance, like, oh, it's so available. It can't be that bad for us. Like we're not willing to accept that something that is so available and so like on every street corner, more than that, um, and that everybody partakes in it we're not willing to accept that it could be bad for us because why would it be so present and available if it was bad for us? And then also like new technology and its impact on our hormones and who knows what else that it's impacting. Like it's hard because new technology is so good, but it's also doing us damage that we can't see yet and that we're not willing um to question and scientists will sort of ridicule us too when we do question it, you know, because we don't know, they don't know what damage it might do yet, but they're still like, oh, any progress is good progress. And so we've put our capacity to intuitively sense what's good for us, that that's healthy spleen, that healthy Mars, that healthy immune system. We've put our capacity to sense what is good for us, what is healthy, what is yes, us, uh, in the hands of the powers that are outside of us. So there are so many scientists whose work is literally just dedicated to debunking myths that GMOs are doing humans damage and so on. Like everything that we get a sense uh, may not actually be be so good for us like we then have thousands of professionals yelling down our throat like debunking these questions and we feel stupid for even considering it for even like taking ourselves and that sense of what we know is maybe not so good for us for taking that seriously for listening to that like the human immune system our collective capacity to recognize and uncover and destroy that is that which is not good for us it's been put in the hands of a few like big tech companies um, and big food and big pharma too. Like they're all they're all controlling our sense of what's good for us and what's not. And I'm just not totally sure that they do have our best interests at heart. Um, and that's well putting it delicately and as delicately and unconspiratoriously as possible uh, for me right now, um, as I possibly can. So maybe strengthening our immune system that mars warrior spirit is not just about like having those immune enhancing herbs and eating out veggies but it's also about like reclaiming our capacity to be like oh yep that feels good for me and that feels damaging for me like bringing that intuitive splenic sense of what's good what's bad who's good who's bad um just rather than being ridiculed when we so much so much as question anything. And, you know, that power has been so taken outside of ourselves that we've forgotten how to discern what's good and what's bad for us. And that could somehow be connected to the growing prevalence of autoimmune disorders. Obviously, again, just throwing things out there, thinking. Um, okay, so Mars in human design. Um, it really does refer to the same kind of stuff that we've been talking about, like with, uh, the astrology. So your energy dynamics, like how your energy gathers, how it grows, how it, how you expend your energy, um, the energetic cycle, like how your energy moves, how it breathes. And I know this sounds so conceptual, 
Uh, but Mars is so far from conceptual, like it's super physical. It's here on this real world. Like it's present when you go for a run and when you drive down the road, it's present all the time. Um, every real world thing that you do. So how do I describe it in earth terms? Um, Mars is like the fire beneath the human, the spark inside of you, like what you're willing to fight for, what fighting might look like for you, whether it's a loud debate or a just a quiet refusal to participate. Um, energy in Mars is dynamic, is moving. So how do you move within your your expression of Mars? We'll do a couple of the human design gates uh, if Mars is in those particular gates to get a better idea of this. Um, I just chose gates at random from people whose charts that I have stored on my computer, like so both friends and family and people that I've done readings for. I won't use their names and I'm not going to speak specifically to their life. I'm only going to speak very generally. Um, I just, yeah, wanted to choose random gates. So Mars in gate 62. Let's start here. So gate 62 has an eye for precision and for the details within something. With Mars here, this could be like needing to know everything is going to work out perfectly before you put your energy fully behind something. It might look like getting caught up in the small details of what could possibly go wrong and preventing yourself from ever actually getting started. Uh, when used to its highest potential, this is going to be that powerful, precise ability to like thread the needle. Even like, you know, everything's going crazy around around you, but you are the eye of the storm. You're that personal person who's able to see um, what needs to happen for this particular thing to work. What's going wrong here? What do we need to change? And how that is being impacted by all these other things, like the storm that's going on around, on, on around outside you. Every little detail is clear to you and you know how to address each of them. Um, I really like the analogy of threading the needle for Mars in this gate 62. Like this is a cool, calm and collected Mars energy when it's being used healthfully. Um, like when you can just take a deep breath and give yourself the time that the time that you, you know, truly want and need to finish what it is that you're working on. Like if you're not rushing yourself, you can get it right. Like you might be that person who comes in and crosses the T's and dots the I's. Like you're the finisher offer because you see exactly um, the small little things that just need to be tweaked and changed. Like you have a very clever eye. Uh, one thing to avoid with this gate is getting stuck in head knowledge and not letting your power and energy come from a deeper wisdom, um, not letting it come from the heart's wisdom. Like words are only words when you have Mars in this gate and people with this Mars can study for hours. They can, they can like learn the intricate details of lots of different things and learn a lot of facts, but until they allow themselves to experience and embody the knowledge that they read in books, it's really useless to them. Like it's not being used to the highest potential. Like statistics, they're just statistics on a page to spit at other people as reasons to like either to do or not to do what they're talking about. 
And it's the application of learned knowledge that makes it the wisdom that allows for that easy, precise threading of the needle that we spoke about every time, like makes you a practiced hand who knows how to get it right and is confident in their skills, who can recognize and meet problems as they come up. Like that's a really confident, I back myself and I believe in my abilities. That is that you know, use of this particular Mars energy. So gate 40. Um, Gate 40 is one of the the few gates within the ego or heart center of human design, which already gives us a clue as to how to plug into the dynamic energy here um, for this particular person if you have Mars in gate 40. So the energy is connected to a kind of divine willpower, like when they can put their energy behind those things that truly mean something to them on a deeper le- on a deeper level than just like, oh, you know, I'll look good if I do this, then that powerful willpower like switches on and there is that that intense Mars energy powering them and sustainable Mars energy too in gate 40. Like it'll be backing them. They are, and they're able to back themselves too through anything that they do. Um, you know, their devotion to something isn't going to need support of a lot of different people or they're not going to need people on their side because they can back themselves so fully. Um, And this gate is called the gate of aloneness. And this gate is associated with the zodiac sign Virgo. So this is the part of Virgo that needs time alone, like just needs space, needs time to themselves. Like Virgo is associated with the the hermit card in tarot. And I can see this, like when we're talking about Mars in Virgo in particular, that life can might maybe might feel a little bit exhausting to them. Like life out there where all the problems are, it can feel exhausting. So they need time to come within that hermit cave. Like Virgo sees problems. It sees what needs to be fixed. It sees how things can be improved. And that's why taking time alone is absolutely vital. Like it is tough work to be a Virgo Mars and often you feel like all the work that you do is unappreciated too. I see the theme of like feeling unappreciated run through a lot of different Virgo placements too, not just Mars. So just tell a Virgo you appreciate them today. Like why not? They really need it. Um, Anyway, so gate 40 is that hermit side to Virgo. It says, I need space. I need space to rest. I need space to recover. And that willpower of gate 40 can be used to, you know, can be funneled into making everything happen for everybody else. Like, you know, surviving and getting through on sheer willpower alone, like finding energy to be and do and fix everything for everyone. But the wisdom within gate 40, especially when we're talking about it with Mars, is actually that when you can be really determined about who and what you commit to, who and what gets your energy, gets your willpower because you're truly behind it, this just mountain of energy frees up and surges inside of you. Like with Mars in Virgo, your body is actually like a a storage house of energy, but you've been conditioned to either like give and give endlessly, burning yourself out of all that energy um, or to hide and repress all that you feel um, and hide away from the world and your community because you you feel unappreciated. You feel like nothing you do is taken seriously or like there's no point trying to fix some things because everything is just so wrong. 
I hope I'm explaining that right. Um, and you might experience a mix of that too. Like you might experience both the repression and the burning yourself out saying yes to everything, like the hiding away from people, but also when you are out in the world, continuously saying yes, saying yes, saying yes, and ending up exhausted. Um, the key to unlocking the energy within this Mars, this this gate for Mars is to learn to say no. Like it sounds so simple, but like learning how to say no is the trickiest thing. Like to learn to discern what and who you feel inspired to create and create for um, who you feel inspired to help and whatever else. Like rather than trying to be everything for everyone, you need to get specific for the good of your own energy. Uh, let's do one more. Cool. So let's do gate 44. Um, gate 44 is a Scorpio gate. So if you have Mars in gate 44, then you will also have Mars in Scorpio. So Scorpio is the other sign that Mars rules along with Aries, which we spoke about before. Um, Mars in both of these signs, like Scorpio and Aries, has huge amounts of passion. Like the Aries expression of Mars is a passion that comes on quick, burns bright, and might cause you to take immediate action about something. Whereas the the Scorpio Mars is more like slow burning passion that will last an entire lifetime, whether the object of that passion knows it or not. Um, these people love forever and they love deep. Like they don't forgive and they also really don't forget. So that is something that we're going to focus on. Um, but, you know, when they're passionate about something, it takes up a lot of their mental space. It takes up a lot of their emotional space. And that is the drive that they use to get things done. Um, so what is gate 44 when in relation to Mars in Scorpio? So you know that part of Scorpio that's unforgiving and never forgets something that happened in the past and maybe protects themselves from trying it again just in case the past repeats itself. We all know that part of Scorpio. We all know someone who lives in that. Um, that, that part of Scorpio is residing inside gate 44, the gate of patterns it's called. Um, this person might find themselves living out the same relationship dynamics over and over again. The other secret of Scorpio that lies within this gate 44 is that the key to evolution, you know, Scorpio is so much about evolution, healing, moving forward, like progressing this life journey. Um, the key to evolution lies in forgiveness of people who have wronged you. You know, this, this part of Scorpio understands that healing is possible, not from someplace high up on the mountain top, uh, but from deep connection and forgiveness of another with another, like maybe somebody, maybe that person is somebody you are romantic with. Maybe it's a parent, or maybe it's just like the call, the call center person who has had you on hold for 40 minutes, then says like, thanks for waiting enthusiastically. Like the key to evolving as a human lies within the willingness to forgive the human condition present within all of these people. And so people who have gate 44 in any part of their profile, they're probably going to experience a lot of karmic relationships in their life. So when it comes to Mars, this might come down to two particular areas, um, people that you have a sexual relationship with or a physical relationship with. And people that you work with as well. Um, and this is not exclusively like you might have karmic relationships with your parents. 
uh, with anybody else. Um, but in particular, these two areas. So is your energy completely tied up in managing your relationships, trying to make sure nothing falls away um, or wanting that person to be something that they're not to? Like how much of the past have you not forgiven and how much of your energy, that Mars energy, are you wasting holding on to grudges? So notice how the same patterns keep repeating themselves in all of your relationships. That's a key indicator that there are some karmic patterns there. And notice what are they trying to tell you about you? So while it might feel like it is all about the other person, it's it's always asking you to look at something inside yourself. So learning to meet new people and meet people in general, like where they are and for who they are right now, um, rather than coming, than coming at them full of like past judges, past expectations that didn't get met, that is going to free so much of that deep Mars passion, that that Mars energy to make things happen over time. Like you can love forever or you can hate forever, but which do you think leaves more energy for getting other things done in between, you know? Um, the I Ching name for this gate is coming to meet. So where do you meet other people? Do you meet them with a ton of genetic, ancestral and accumulated life baggage about who they should be and what they should do? Or do you meet them where they're at? Do you meet them and allow them to be who they are? Like, you know, giving that clean slate for you two and your connection and what, whatever type of connection it is. And with this gate being like, so gate 44 is in the spleen center of human design. So gate 44 is that, that ability to know the people and the relationships that are good for you and those that are not. So when this forgiveness and letting go of the past has happened, your Mars in gate 44, it's going to be able to sniff out the people and ideas that are worth throwing that powerful, passionate, intense energy behind and those that aren't. Okay, so we covered quite a bit today. Um, like always, I hope you guys are taking good, loving, tender care of yourselves. Um, and I'll chat to you guys through the week, I'm sure. You can watch us two Scorpio projectors attempt to camp um, in the middle of winter on my Instagram. I'll probably be talking about it then from next Monday we're leaving. Um, and I'll talk to you either late next week if I do get a podcast ready or maybe even on time if I'm super organized or if not, I'll be back the week after. Um, and if you can all give me five lovely stars on iTunes, I'd be forever grateful. It doesn't it takes I think like 10 seconds and it helps a lot and just makes me feel very loved um so I hope you guys have a really good week and I'll talk to you soon